they're smart enough to actually do that i mean at least maybe not if, if they don't do it the first episode they have to do it at some point because like that is that is the hawkeye run oh it's there's no second place you know what i mean like it is <laughs> in first one. place <laughs> it is in first place there are other hawkeye runs and some of them are actually like okay but this is not only like the definitive run of this character but it's also a complete reinvention of the character. Like, Hawkeye, up until this run, is really just, like, a jerk. And is mostly defined by being a jerk in, like, an angry way. Whereas Clint in the Fractionage run is a jerk in a sort of self-destructive, uh, mopey sort of way. The yeah. way that, like, he is sort of a puddle that drags <laughs> everything down around him. He's... he's- um, he's, he's less of a dagger and more of just like a poop, you know. Like he's he's not he's he's <laughs> quicksand. He's not a boulder, yeah, you know. He's, that is a far better. If we're, if we're doing if we're doing Indiana Jones uh, comparisons to to Clint Barton, but like unlike a character like fucking you know Batman or Daredevil that have almost infinite good classic runs. Like there's maybe no character with more consistent writing for decades than daredevil um it basically Funny, like leaps... i was never a daredevil i still haven't gotten into daredevil books and i'm really excited to finally do it i haven't either really but it's like okay the frank miller run frank miller klaus jansen is, is for a lot of people like the iconic run but then you have Anne nascenti's run which is like insane and nascenti nonsense and it rules uh, you have the Brian Michael Bendis run. You have the Ed Brubaker run. You have the Chip Zdarsky run. I mean, he's had a lot People, of writers. There's the Charles Soule run. And so many of these runs are long. In contemporary comics, there's so few people that get room to stretch and do a nice long run like the jason aaron thor run that lasted for like seven years is really a modern outlier most of the time marvel and dc will like quickly change up the creative team on these books um, they do cycles yeah yeah they love to cycle it and you it's know usually like, like it's like okay hit six books and then we'll check in from there unless you, they're like oh someone says hey look i want to do like a 12, maybe 20 book series or something like that, right? And it depends, um, and you kind of have to be a name. Um, like, Fraction in 2004, when he's just getting started with, like, Punisher War Journal, could not pitch the Hawkeye book that we got and get it made. Um, there's no way. But uh, because he did a popular and somewhat lengthy x-men run did the only good iron man run wait wait wait! fraction to the x-men run he did uh it was it was not it's not my favorite it's phenomenally interesting in a way that only fraction i feel is. like i mean yeah fraction has such a specific voice and x-men is such a specific set of characters slash but it works more often than it doesn't his cyclops is incredible it's one of the best cyclops um, he redefines the 
Yeah, Cyclops can be tough. You need to find the right Cyclops. Joss Whedon Cyclops is good. Yeah, Matt Fraction Cyclops is good. I mean, I just, every, Cyclops I just, for me, good. every time I watch X-Men and it's like, Cyclops is the leader, I go, really? <laughs> I go, that's, that's the leader? Why? Well, he does need to be the leader. I mean, he's a phenomenal tactician. He Sure, but um, fundamentally, he, he I go, was... well, I just, for me, and maybe it's just, I don't know, my logistics on how I would assemble a team. The dude with laser vision is not, but I guess that's kind of what they were going for. They were like, take this guy that's uh, got They're not lasers, they're concussive blasts. Uh, they're not hot like a laser would be. Sorry. No, sorry. I mean, valid so direction, you know. So but like, you're not. <laughs> no, I am. It was unnecessary. <laughs> it was completely no, unnecessary. I don't know. I just, for me, I'm like, dude, that sounds like, I don't know. No, he I, rules. Well, he's he's the only, well, the okay. So the, the way that it should be, uh, IMHO, and it was briefly for a little bit, is that the leader of the X-Men, the person in charge, the head honcho calling all the shots should be Storm and yes. Cyclops should be so the field commander. Cyclops should be your battle leader because he is a... That checks uh, out. Yeah. He's he's the most driven guy. He won't let you lose the fight. Um, he won't leave a man behind, etc., etc., etc. Storm sh- should be the person in charge calling the shots. And uh, Professor Xavier should largely be dead. I think he works better as a symbol than he ever does Ooh. as a character. Professor Xavier. I mean, than he does as since a over the years, as they've, you know, introduced more and more mutants and more and more telepaths, it's like, dude, you're just not like he's he's not the big dog that he was, right? Yeah, like, there are he is not more, as so many more powerful telepaths. And his big thing isn't even him. It's his headpiece. It's his symbol, it's his dream, right? It's the iconography of the headpiece. And don't get me wrong, I like Professor Xavier, and he's one of the characters that the movies got the most correct. Right. Um, that, like, uh, Magneto, Professor X, and Wolverine, I think they pretty much nail. Everyone else, I, could, I yeah. think I have some notes. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but those three, you did it. Uh, I, and Yeah, I am looking forward to see. I think because also because of that, there's such a high expectation for those specific characters in the new MCU integration of mutants. And mm-hmm. which is why I, I almost think... don't know how they're going to pull off. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I, based on what you said, like there's the one, uh, what was it? Um, is it civil war where they're saying like they have the, all these, you know, weapons targeted on these individuals that are, you know, high profile targets. And we don't know who any of them are. And your, your theory is that those are all basically, those are all mutants. And I think that was Caleb. Been there the um, whole time. Yeah, I think that mutant should have been there the whole time. And Caleb's addition to that was the the tri the the three uh, things <laughs> in Those Winter Soldier. Things. Yeah, uh, Winter the Soldier, flying the, the the flying guys. Uh, you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. And, um, and yes, I think you, mutants should have been there the whole time, and they're just not on the radar. They would have had no reason to be on the radar, and so they've what... just. Yeah, if that is the case, then if I no one's looking for them, why would they them find working them? Working through by making Magneto someone that has lived through, you know. Yeah, Magneto needs camp. to be but, a Holocaust survivor, and if he can't be a Holocaust survivor, then he needs to at least be Jewish. I've heard a lot of pitches about Magneto and Professor X should be black, and I do. I'd like that idea 
but they need to be black Jews. I'm sorry. I, Mag- I, Magneto is which, which, I mean, Jewish. Black Jews do exist, he is I would the most powerful Jewish character in fiction. You can't change that. The other thing, uh, I, I mean, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree with that. But also, <laughs> I, you know, also, you know, and me being Jewish, I fully am like, yeah, 100%. Take this. And they need to finally cast a Jewish actor in that role, also. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> as much as but, I love those those two performances, they need to cast a Jewish oh, actor. Sorry, I interrupted but you. But the, the other thing that I would all, almost see is they could have an opportunity here, right, to, um, because let's, I mean, let's address this, right? Marvel Comics has a very deep and true history with uh, relating to World War Two. Right back to you know Captain America. I mean that's when their comics started. I mean it was yeah. it was ti- uh, it was like, timely comics at the time, but like that you know, was their true pop off. That's where like these characters started coming to fruition and this Captain whole America, the Submariner, the original Human Torch, and them forming the Invaders. That is that is like the first synergy of the comic characters are crossing over. And these are characters that remain in the Marvel Universe to this day. It starts in the 40s. Right. And so I look at this and I go, okay, we've established, I mean, the relationship is very true and it's very clear. And it's also because a lot of the folks that were at Marvel at this time were Jewish, you know, um, and it it, it informed their work. I I also would kind of love if they wanted to contemporize this, right? Say, look, we still want Magneto to be kind of young because let's face it, if we're working on this timeline that we've now established very strongly where mutants are going to cross over with the avengers and this whole massive lineup of characters that we've come to know and love over the past 10 years we've also had a five years later type situation like time has passed magneto would be old right so yeah we almost have no survivors of the holocaust living today yeah Uh, and anyone that survived was unbelievably young and they've come up with different reasons you know, because Marvel has the sliding time scale. So as opposed to DC, that every few years they will just fully reboot the universe. And that's why Batman is 30 instead of 80, right? <laughs> um, and they will just do a full reboot. Marvel has instead decided, and I prefer this because then I don't have to deal with another reboot every few years, is that the we're doing a sliding time scale and so periodically um things will just have to change in regards to characters backstories and you have to read back issues sort of with this knowledge of like okay but you know even though they look like 60s kids in this they're actually like 2000s kids sorry burp um the the moscow mule is going down smooth um So the only two constants in the Marvel Comics universe that I can think of are Captain America fought in World War II, mm-hmm. and he went into the ice, and the only thing that changes is how long he was in the ice. Uh, because when he pops up in Avengers number four for the first time in ten years, he'd been frozen for like ten years. Um, and Now, was Magne- this in the comics as well? Like, they stopped the- writing his comics for like ten years? Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was, because well, he was propaganda. Like, he was, he was World War II propaganda. Mm-hmm. He's what Captain America was, and you have to acknowledge that part of his history. Yeah. And they've done phenomenally interesting things with him since then, but he's propaganda. 
Like, uh, it's, it's our boys in blue, our fighting soldiers, like, whatever. Um, and he, yeah, it, it's, they retcon the going into the ice, because it's not as if, like, the last Captain America issue shows him going into hypersleep. It's just, they stopped writing Captain America issues, and Stan Lee's big solution was, he was actually in an ice cube, and we thaw him out, and now he's on the Avengers, and has been frozen for ten years. Right. But if, if you take common continuity into that, um, then I guess he's actually was frozen for like 50 or so years now. Fundamentally, I don't think they'll be able to execute that in the same way with the movies. I think they're probably going to lean more towards what I think I'm seeing in the actual comics, which is, yes, these, these you know, these OG characters, excuse me, characters still exist in this universe, but they're focusing their efforts to, like, introduce new characters that are the new focus of the universe, right? We're mm-hmm. we're gonna get. I mean, Spider Man is getting older. Literally, Spider Man is actually like an adult now. That's like a thing, right? He, the comics begin when he's in high school, and he's never. I read most Spider Man comics as if he's twenty four, twenty five. Well, he's like, a teacher. Post- I feel like some of them he's like thirty. Well, it depends on how quickly you consider. I mean, the the actual answer is that it doesn't actually make any sense, and you just have to find what works for you. Right. That like. The original X-Men are all supposed to be approximately the same age. Like, the original five X-Men are all supposed to have been 15 at the same point. But the way they write and draw Iceman and Beast now, Iceman is still 25, but Beast is 45. And you just have to, like, because of the way those characters were written and drawn over time, it just sort of unintentionally, they just, like, split. You know, they just, like, the way that they... The characters went in an organic direction for their personalities. Right. But it, it just truly doesn't make any it's sense. It's like when and you, you watch just a TV have show and the character it. develops into a way that they didn't actually initially behave in. And you're just like, but this is the way that it developed, so this is what we accept it as. My original see point... Britta, see Britta, <laughs> see Yeah, sorry, yeah. Right, no, I, I've, I've been loving this tangent. But the, my original point was, if they are going to, because I do believe if in order for them to make the MCU actively work, because let's face it, they're not going to bring Iron Man back. Iron Man is done. They're done with Iron Man. I hope so. And Robert Downey Jr. is almost 60. You know, it doesn't make a lot of sense to bring him back. At a certain point, Thor's going to be done. He'll do a cameo in an alternate universe. You know what I mean? Like Maybe even that. Something like that. But it might even be like, it might even be like a deep fake. You know, we don't even know. It might be like the age Or he's an AI. They've done a Tony Stark AI when he died in the comics before. Like, there's there's options. Right. No, there's options. But the idea is if they wanted to contemporize Magneto, right? Mm-hmm. Because let's face it, the Holocaust, right? World War II Holocaust is not the only example of mass genocide in concentration camps in world history. And I think yeah. if we if we were to even address, I mean... People have said apartheid as apartheid. We could do option. apartheid. I'm also thinking of multiple examples within United States history. We could talk about... Um, uh, the Asian camps, right? Yeah. Um, we could talk about um, the literal concentration camps going on right now. I mean, there's options. We there have are options. Right. Options. I would also love to see them take literally, literally give. But then it becomes interesting because Magneto is a complex character, and I think a you know, phenomenally, like, phenomenally complex character. And I think yeah. with um, this is a whole massive conversation and I, I don't mean to minimize what this actually is, but yeah. Magneto as a white Jewish person mm-hmm. 
wonderfully the way that he's represented wonderfully reflects kind of the complexity of what that identity means right if you i i'm almost worried that the second you make magneto a black jewish man and you add a complexity to it it is almost and i don't know maybe maybe that's a good thing you know a part of me is like we should see complex characters that are you know from diverse backgrounds but at the same time in a consistent universe where we actually don't have that many people of color uh and that much diversity shown as the good guys you know truly like our big hitters it feels a little bit eh, to give one of the most famous typically regarded to as a bad guy mutants to a person of color i at the same time i would also love to you know but at the same time like you give lex luther to a black man and i'd be like fuck yes this is rad let's fucking go you know absolutely it's so it's there's it's, it's a conversation it's really wild um yeah and there's there's a lot of different elements and levels to it and i'm uh they've said for a long time like our x-men is a long way off um which is fine oh, like take take the I time that's to the way that do, they it. do it exactly exactly i'd like take the time to they do should it take right it like the way get the timeline it took them to pull off avengers one right mm-hmm. it should be even longer than that to pull off x-men and this is with marvel putting out what five movies a year now if they pull up if they pull off their expected plans yeah like, who knows insane amounts of movies and i think if you just literally i'm like and we're just gonna throw a mutant in over here and a mutant in over there and then let the team kind of come together at some point yes absolutely. I, I think yeah I've, I've heard that pitch a lot and i i like that quite a bit um and there have been you know if we if we want to keep the holocaust survivor aspect of it they've done a few different things yeah, they exactly Ice Cube. They've done a few different things in the comics. There was this time where he was like turned into a baby and and reaged. Obviously, you can't do that one. But their Magneto's magnet powers have also been always been able to do essentially anything. Um, and you know, in, right. <laughs> in the in the X Men movies that already exist, they're like, how could it possibly be that Mystique is a contemporary of? Xavier and Magneto, but is played by Rebecca Romain in 2000 and not a Patrick Stewart age actor. And it's just like, I don't know, her mutant powers make her age slow. <laughs> Boom. Like, that's all I need. <laughs> it's like his, is, well, well the, the thing is, though, it's his it, magnet it powers make him when age you establish slow. it like, like up front with Wolverine, who very clearly is like Wolverine ages in a really weird way and they acknowledge it. Right. They make uh, it a part of his background, and then for them to be like, "Oh, so does Mystique," but we just didn't mention it once ever over the course of twelve movies. Like it's well, it's and that's because like actually, I think the X Men movies to this date are still the best translation of actually reading comics to the screen. Is that none of it actually makes any sense when you put it next to each other? Like none right. of it actually lines up in right. a way that makes any sense, which I admire that they they've grabbed. That's why true to I see I see a lot of uh people on community Twitter that are like GI Jeff retcon Jeff's age and I don't uh, you know, that bothers me. And I'm like, Can I guess we, okay, it doesn't if bother that's me. The bone they're picking, like, straight up, here's the deal. Troy is a completely different character five episodes into season one than he was in the first episode. It is, 100%. he does a complete 180. Why? Because after a few episodes, Donald Glover found a new character direction and they loved it and they went with it. Like, 
it, yeah. it happens, um, especially the, with long form TV shows. I make right. perfect and, sense. And um, the, I think that uh, I, I recently came to the realization, I'm like, why doesn't this bother me like it does other people? And I'm like, oh, because I read fucking X-Men. Like, when Wolverine <laughs> is introduced in, in into the X-Men comics in 1975, he's just a mean guy with a mild ability to heal from wounds. Um, and then... Ten issues he later, his, he didn't have his claws in his Hulk introduction. He he did have he had the claws in the Hulk introduction, but like he could kind of heal, and he was just kind of this mean guy named Wolverine. Then ten issues later, a bunch of leprechauns tell me his name is Logan. Then, <laughs> like <laughs> ten years after that, they're like, actually, he's a hundred years old. And then ten years after that, they're like, actually, his claws are bone. And so I'm like, okay, like. <laughs> I, I if I'm used to this, Jeff being five years older than we thought he was doesn't mean anything to me. Oh yeah, <laughs> like that. I listen until you've been around the corner, <laughs> right? But I think that's also. I think that's it's. It's really interesting that with the, with like MCU stuff, right? How they've managed to pull off. Are there tiny little plot holes? Yeah, they're real small, and they do of a course. pretty. They do a pretty decent job of, like, you know, figuring out what they were after they released them and addressing them later on and sort of kind of putting a little Band-Aid on them and making them kind of... Yeah, like... they they wanted to do, say, the Infinity Gauntlet glove thing differently. So, okay, actually the one in the vault is a fake. And, and Thanos had the real one. Fine. Okay. Yeah. E- easy enough. I'll buy it. <laughs> yeah. Know? No, I mean, those are... And they... they and they track well too. They're not these little records where it's like, this and is they clearly make a mistake. it thematic to Thor Ragnarok that the glove was fake. It's an important, like it is a funny joke, but it's also like thematically important to Hela's whole. Actually, Asgard is a pile of shit. It's all lies. Odin sucks. <laughs> they, they, you know, truly, the way that they manage retcons is really excellent. Um, and I, 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 I'm waiting for them to uh, pull off the greatest retcon uh, fix of all time in the Loki series to address the confusion about time travel and Endgame. They'll figure it out. They yeah, will okay. figure it out. Oh, I, well, I'm also, okay. The moment something introduces time travel, I go, fine. I'm <laughs> not looking for logical inconsistency. I'm not looking for it. I'm just going to watch them go through time. I can't, time travel like, is impossible. It is impossible to do. Lost, Back to the Future, enough. whatever. doesn't matter. I'm no, not I following mean, the, the lot. Looper, the universe, like, whatever. Right? Yeah. This, once DC was like, hey, we got this great idea for Flashpoint. They fucked themselves over. Great storyline, but now any other series that has anything to do with time travel... With the fundamental basis of their big time travel story being like, if you go back in time, other things change. It just, it trashes all of it. Um, it's completely fucked. And that's why, like, the moment, it's, it's, did you see Looper? I did not. Oh, okay. Well, there's this scene in Looper where, <laughs> uh, excellent movie, by the way, if you ever heard, like, a couple hours. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, it's how Ryan Johnson got Star Wars. It's on my um, list. But uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Bruce Willis, who are different versions of themselves, are sitting down at a diner, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt is like, how does this time travel thing work? And Bruce Willis is like, fucking who cares? We're going to be sitting here all day with straws, making maps out of sugar, like, fuck it. I'm here. I'm time travel. <laughs> it's just go with it. Uh, right. And that's that's the best explanation of it I've I've ever seen. In a, in a I, I'm, I am hoping, I am hoping, and I know it's going to be difficult with Kang coming in, right? Yes. 
I love I'm, Kang. Big uh, Kang guy. I my first introduction to Kang was actually Young Avengers. Um, yeah, that's because of Iron uh, Lad. Iron Lad, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, cool guy, <laughs> excellent man, Kang. Really wild stuff. But I think like and um, Kang is also the best example of this, where it doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> it's no. Nothing that guy ever does no. makes any sense, and that's fine. No. I'm just hoping that that the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe doesn't go too much into time travel. I mean, like, I, like yes, you know, give Loki his time travel show. That's going to be rad. Really kind of figure things out right there. I can make my, yeah. my way into looking at, uh, you know, Endgame being like, they were two descriptions, like, even though they described time travel the same way, uh, in two different ways, they were talking about the same thing. Anytime I mean, you time ta- travel, en- a new game. branch is created. <laughs> but the whole thing is, if you take a stone out of it, that, that branch is gonna get really dark but it's not it doesn't mean that if you put the the stone back that that branch can happen Mm -hmm. it's still a new branch but you just need to put the stone back and apparently the suit allows you to go between different timelines as well so the suit is also a multiverse traveler but which we would have to get into that they can uh, they will figure out a way to make it work right awesome I, will they address Captain America breaking literally everything out of that? I don't know. Who cares? They've got two shows to be able to do it. They've got Time Travel and Loki, and they've got Captain of the Winter Soldier, or Falcon and Winter Soldier, if they want to address it. I don't know. But the thing that's really nah. exciting about the MCU is that they've established, aside from the fact that these are the highest quality superhero movies ever made, like just consistency around the board with all this stuff. Even if you're going back to not the best movie, but you look at, you know, Thor Dark World with its five hundred seven thousand and forty six hey. Dutch angles to let you know that everything's out of whack. I mean, but it's, it's still also far from like unwatchable. Like no, uh, the it, we're not talking. Like, we're not it's talking the best here. <laughs> it's the best looking marvel movie like when they're in iceland and throwing aether at each other that is some heavy metal bullshit and it rules i mean even if you go down to like the one that people don't talk about hulk right you know we can i mean that's the one that i might actually like okay but there's some there's some fun stuff that was so early in the process and that was still technically a different company wasn't it like Mm. that wasn't marvel studios that was they were just like look let's do a collab kind of thing here at the last so minute. the first, um, the the yeah, first, all out. the the first, what is it? Six movies leading up to uh, Avengers. They were all co-produced. So Paramount co-produced Iron Man, uh, Thor, Captain America, and Universal co-produced Hulk because right. Universal were the rights holders to that. And actually, if the Marvel Cin- Cinematic Universe had failed, Marvel would be owned by like Merrill Lynch or some company. Like they they entered an insane bargain and they bet everything on yeah. the Avengers. Um because otherwise they literally would have been owned by like a toy company. I can't remember exactly who it yeah, is. Yeah, I um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um <laughs> but they yeah, they essentially in the same way that like um uh, the Phantom Menace is technically the highest budget independent film ever made. Uh, is it was fully bankrolled by preemptively selling its own toy rights and then uh, part of George Lucas's own small f- fortune uh, went into making that movie and it was distributed by Fox but not created right. by Fox, which is why that movie is what it is, for better or worse. Mm-hmm. And in times, both. Right. 
This has been a Talk Back Podcast. That was quite a show. Very entertaining. Please tell your friends about this show. Boopy doopy doop boop sex. Larry, I'm on DuckTales.